right? So this is um, our core values. So this is, a, this is a teaching that I do in our prophetic schools um, that we can, um, we can operate in the world. We, we know how to operate. We know how the kingdom, um, we know how kingdom works. We know how the kingdom mindset works. And I, and I spoke a little bit this morning about um, our divine, um, how, we, how we see ourselves, our identity. So uh, God has a divine purpose for us. And to, to be able to operate in our divine purpose, there are some values that, that heaven says, this is, this is what I value. This is what the Father heart of God values above the world. And so because we've got an identity that is seated in heavenly places, um, as it says in Ephesians 2, then we also have um, some values that we live by. And so I'm just going to run through a few of those with us. And you know, to be honest, it actually makes common sense. It's actually common sense um, to think like this. But we don't. Um, the world thinks one way, and we choose to think. But we choose to think a kingdom way, and, and and it's actually becoming more than just a head knowledge of um, God's principles. It's actually dropping it into our hearts, and for that to become our new normal. So there's many things in when, we, when we're functioning in our identity, when we know who we are in Christ and we're standing in, as pillars in the earth and we're representing the nature of Christ wherever we walk, there are values that we carry that we send out to the earth that are from heaven that brings change. And so we become influencers in our uh, society. We become kingdom influencers. We become, that's the Christ-likeness that exudes from us. And of course, all of it comes from love because God is love. So, you know, everything that God has created, he created it first and he created it to be good. So, uh, so the values that he has are all good. And so when we see that operating in a counterfeit kind of way, we're seeing things... Um, like just, just for instance, um, at the moment, when I, when I think of love, when I think of God's love and the true uh, representation of what love really is, um, the counterfeit of it is the rainbow sign that the LGBT you know, people are, are putting out. And it's not that we don't love those people, but what they are taking as a sign for themselves to declare their freedom, God had first. And his value is, is that love is pure, it's kind, it's gentle, it's loving, it's, it's giving, it's generous, it's um, all the things that come from what he, who he is. And so the world distorts God's values. And so what it looks like, um, you know, in John 7:38, it says, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being just like the scriptures says. So when we believe in Jesus, when we're believing in, our, in him, that he is actually first living within us and that we are actually displaying his likeness, that's the living waters that are bursting out. So our core values, the things that we value from heaven and the principles that we operate in are, um, are from heaven and that's the living water. So 
When we're plugged into the right source, everything we do will be, will be life-giving. It will be creative, it will prosper, it will bring increase to our lives and the, and the lives of the people around us and it will bring increase to every area of our life. So it's a divine love that comes from a divine source. So we can think of it like that. The, these kingdom principles that we and these kingdom values and the core values that, that we hold um, and, and need to learn to operate in more and more comes from the divine source of love. So if you think of the temple in the Old Testament where the water's pouring out and flowing out from the temple, that's us. We're the temple of the New Testament. Our, our bodies are the temples and the Holy Spirit's residing within us and the living waters that flow out from us is the nature of Christ. So we've got the picture of that. Yes, yes. Um, I actually had a bit of a, um, a wake-up call, I suppose you could say, um, last year where God moved me to a new location. We, we moved house and we moved into a community uh, called Tarlee, uh, which is just north of Newcastle. And we um, set up house uh, in a place where there was a ministry operating and it's beautiful. It's right on the waterfront. It's, um, it's a beautiful location. It's all heritage listed, many houses and, and different um, accommodation and and this Tali Ministries has been operating for about 60 years well it's just coming it was just coming to the end of its life and we were going there thinking that we were going for one reason but God actually had a totally different reason and he and when I said you know God why why didn't you tell us and he said well would you have come if I told you the real reason why I wanted you there so we you know there was many different things that God wanted to teach me and my husband and my kids and, um, and one of them was that one day one of the other girls who was uh, a Tali staff she um, she was she was you know those people that just grate on your nerves it doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter how kind you are how forgiving how generous how how um, gracious you can be to people, um, they just hit your nerves every time and, and, you, and you can't get over it. <laughs> and every time you come into contact, there's something else that compounds that. You're not shaking your heads or nodding your heads, so am I the only one? No, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 you're all internalising, are you? <laughs> Gee, you've learnt to do that very well. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, this one day, this one particular day, she, it was like the last straw. It was like the tiniest little last straw and it hit. And I just blew up at her and I just totally blew up at her, totally. And, and she was, you know, she was like, oh, what, me? Why? Poor me, and I was, I just made, it, I was infuriated. I was so angry, and I just really, after months of just trying to get along with her and and trying to be accepted by her, trying to fit in with her, nothing seemed to work. So God showed me that I that I actually had a problem. 
that I wasn't being, I thought, okay, Lord, I, had a, I thought I had a handle on, on how to love people and how to be gracious and everything. But, you know, when you ask God to increase your love for people, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah, well, <laughs> he puts the most unlovely people in your life. And sometimes, and most times, it's members of your family, the closest members of your family it can be. So, you know, if you've got hard to get along with people in your workplace or in your family or um, uh, your spouse or whatever, you know, God's wanting to teach us what his principles are. He's wanting it to grow us. He's wanting us to overcome and get beyond these barriers that we seem to think that um, is never going to end. So something needed to shift in me and I needed to see God's perspective for her. So what I did in that was that I actually asked God, okay, and, and I actually teach on this as well. So it's like... <laughs> How embarrassment. <laughs> I'm teaching on this and yet I'm not able to actually get over it myself. But the thing is, is you know, and people with strong gifts of discernment, we can actually see people from um, a wrong, uh, like a, a, the negative perspective before we see the positive in people's lives. So, um, so I had to actually ask God, go away and ask God, Lord, what is it about her that you love there must be something you created it <laughs> what is it about me that can't love you know so so in asking God that question I actually really had to seriously ask that question not just ask that question because you know I want to get over this or you know God can't you just move her off the face not the earth, but just move her away from me. <laughs> and who's prayed those prayers? Who's prayed those prayers? Please remove them from my life. And what happens? No, they get further into your face, don't they? No. So what I did was I asked God, what is it about her that you love? And he showed me her brokenness. He showed me a, a woman who has been through absolute hell and who was totally insecure, totally broken, and totally in need of love, but she had pushed everybody away and put walls up everywhere because um, she was just so used to being rejected and, having, and she was a survivor and she had to learn to survive for herself. And so from that point on, then I said, well, Lord, um, it's, it's like you see the wall, but then you say, God, what's behind that wall? What's, what's behind that, that thing that's, that's, that I need to see so that I can speak to that? And so what I did is that then I started speaking to that, that that I saw. God said, she's actually very intelligent and she's, um, she's quite capable of being a leader and a blah, 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 and blah. So I started speaking to her like she was a leader. I started speaking to her like... Um, not like she was her best friend or something. I was trying to get her acceptance because that wasn't working because she wasn't accepted. She wasn't going to accept me. So I, I just started speaking kingdom principles into her and saying, um, just calling her um, beloved of the, the king she, and, and a leader. I said, Jodie, you've got amazing gifts to be able to be a great leader one day, to be 
you know, and, and your skills are so valuable. And just saying that, it only took twice, twice I spoke that to her and her whole, whole attitude towards me changed. The next couple of days, she wanted to have a conversation with me. And I thought, wow. I mean, apart from me apologising to her <laughs> for blowing up, um, that, you know, what lens are we looking through? What lens are we looking through when we see other people? Because our kingdom core value means that we need to see from God's perspective. And then we call that perspective. That, that perspective is what we speak into. Not what's glaring at us, not what's screaming at us, not what's riling against us. But the thing that um, I wish I'd known when I was at school and had to deal with all the schoolyard bullies and, and the different people that uh, riled against me. So um, how we see ourselves is how we tend to see God. So if we're an angry person ourselves, we're going to be angry. Uh, we're going to see God as being an angry God. Um, I know of, uh, you, you sometimes see older people, they either get very sweet when, they, when they're in their old old age or they are very cranky <laughs> in their old age and you can tell who's dealt with their stuff <laughs> through life and who hasn't so how we see God is to us is how he will be through us I'll say that again how we see who God is to us is how he will we'll see him through us so we we would demonstrate, and this is really important when, we, when we're prophetically speaking into people's lives. If we don't have the right perspective, if, we don't, if we're seeing God as an angry God or a, a jealous God, then our, the way that we speak to other people, that's going to filter through and, and filter through to them. So we need to change, shift our view when we see each other through the lens of heaven. So here are some core values. Number one, intimacy above obedience. This tells us that we have friendship with God and he wants to share his thoughts with us. So the law required obedience in the Old Testament. But, in, but now we have relationship through Christ. So this tells us that we have an intimacy, we have friendship, we have a loving relationship that we can foster through God. There's no uh, boundaries uh, to, to our relationship. To have intimacy, and it's been spoken about a couple of times today, it's stepping into that intimate place of having a loving relationship with God and being right with God. I do sozo um, uh, and uh, everybody, does everybody know what Sozo is? It's a prayer ministry. It's a healing. It means saved, healed, and delivered. And it's just a prayer ministry that's come out of Bethel that I find is a really good tool um, to use to, to help people to overcome um, blockages and, and things that, that they're trying to get over. So, uh, and, and what it does is that it restores relationships Back to the Father Heart of God. So, uh, a lot of the times when we've got a problem with unforgiveness um, towards other people in our lives, towards other people, it means we actually have a problem with God. 
because God created every single person. So if you look at the person next to you, they have Jesus living in them. They, are, they represent a facet of Jesus to you. And they have something of value that you can draw from or that you can partner with or that you can be in relationship with. If we are seeing God, people through God's eyes, then um, it's not that we all get along with each other's personalities. We're actually not um, created to... Because we're still flesh, it's our spirit-to-spirit connection that brings unity in the body of Christ because it's by spirit. We can't all get along in the flesh, but we can choose to operate through the spirit, through Christ with each other so that we can have right relationship with each other. And that's what true unity looks like in the body of Christ. We're never going to all get along. We're never going to all see eye to eye on, on worldly things, on things. Um, we're never going to see um, each other. In, you know, our personalities, um, some personalities just don't click. You, you know, you've got some people you just click with automatically and you feel an affinity with. Other people, it just takes a lot longer and you think, you know, we wouldn't really be friends need to be friends with that person maybe a bit more (laughs) whatever and that's okay but it's actually recognizing that and saying but I love them in Christ because they are part of the kingdom I love them because of that James 4 4 says don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God so it cost Jesus everything to make our inheritance possible and he had total reliance on his father So he's just saying, out of our intimacy with God, we need to have total reliance on God. We need to trust him completely, that he knows how to to form relationship with us. Sometimes we we feel like we need to tell God how this relationship's going to go. And really, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. So I think it's kind of the other way around, don't you? (laughs) That God needs to guide us in our relationship and that's why we have the Holy Spirit I think there's a price to pay you know we we with intimacy with God it means we need to let go of worldly thinking and worldly ways and so part of that is of our relationship with God is that we let go I mean Jesus said that if you want to be like me you've got to pick up your cross and carry it you've got to um, you know, and it's like enmity with the, uh, friendship with the world means enmity against God. Sometimes we need to let go of some of those worldly um, things like greed and jealousy and the things that we grow up um, learning how to behave in because of hurts or, or whatever. And that's part of us in our, in our identity. We actually need to know that we don't need to be like that anymore. It's actually a choice to let go of those things. Hearing God's voice is essential. So to know his plans and to follow his voice above the world and the enemy, we need to be able to discern the truth. So it's like I said with this um, now friend of mine who I was having a problem with. Okay, we can discern what's wrong. We can see what's going wrong. But Lord, what is the truth? 
show me the truth about that person. Show me the truth about that situation. And out of our relationship, Jesus, you're going to be able to help me and guide me and lead me through the problem that I'm having right now. John 10, 27 says, My own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will follow me. We hear Jesus, when we listen to the voice of Jesus, we need to hear that still, small voice speaking to us. God speaks and the universe responds. And I spoke about that in, our, in the first session, that you know when we prophesy into each other's lives and when we can hear from God clearly, and it's not a, it's not a, it's a pure word um, because that's what we're after. When we're prophesying, we're after a pure word. Um, and so as we, as we speak, the world listens and change happens because we are speaking out of a relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father that isn't tainted or, or isn't um, masked by our insecurities or our fears or our rebellion or our jealousy. Uh, that's, those, those qualities are the world's qualities. But when we're hearing from a kingdom perspective and out of an intimacy with God, then we're giving a pure word. Number two, Jesus values us. This is the second core value, kingdom core value. Jesus values us. Jesus shows us how much he valued us. Hang on, I'll say that again. Jesus showed us how much value he placed on us when he died for us. So that means the value is, is that we too need to value people that he purchased. If he valued us so much that he would die for each one of us, then we need to value each person just as much. And that's a kingdom value that we can hold on to. That means we don't get to um, disregard his people. We don't get to discriminate. We don't get to... Um, say that that person is not important or that that per person is worthless or not Im not doesn't count. It means that that person was um, a person that Jesus died on the cross for. And I think that that, actually, I want to say that that involves pre-Christians as well. It's not just Christian people that we're looking out for. We're actually speaking to the world here. We're actually representing Jesus in the world. And so I, I call them pre-Christians. I don't call them non-Christians because I think Jesus intends for us to see everybody as a created being that God intentionally made for a purpose. So when we're seeing people like that, it actually makes sense to me to call them pre-Christians because they... They just haven't come into a reconciliation with God. They've been created just the same as you and I, but um, we're the ones who are aliens, not them. Number three, seeing with fresh eyes. I love this. It's easy to see what's wrong or bad in people's lives, and I've just spoken about that. We need to be able to call out the gold in them the treasure and not the trash. It's a very powerful weapon to disarm the enemy with. If we can call out the treasure when they're throwing all kinds of trash at us, uh, it's, 
um, it's a very powerful weapon that we can use against the enemy. You know, gone are the days where we can shout the devil down and bind up the enemy and do all this um, like we, we heard in the 80s and 90s of, of deliverance and, and all of that. Our authority is, we, we, we're coming into an authority in the body of Christ now where we just know with a quiet resolve that no enemy, you're not having, uh, my, my weapon is love. My weapon is actually speaking the opposite of what you're giving out right now. And the enemy is so powerless. You know, and, and things like worship. When we worship God, what we're doing is we're, displ- we're giving up adoration to God and the enemy can't compete with that. He can't disarm that. So when we're speaking to people and we're speaking heaven's perspective and we're calling out the gold in that person no matter how they behave towards us the enemy just can't keep up with that so that's a great weapon we have number four we can all operate in the gifts of the spirit this is a great kingdom core value to have knowing that it's not just one or two talented people up the front with the microphone um it's it's um as it says in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18, and these miraculous signs will follow all who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking any poison. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now we did that this morning. We lay hands on the sick and they, in faith, yes, they, are, they will recover. Everybody has the same Holy Spirit. It's not just for a certain few. So this is a kingdom core value that the body of Christ, the saints, need to realize. You know, the fivefold ministry is there for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So there are people, uh, we all have different roles in the body of Christ, but nobody has any less of the Holy Spirit than anybody else. We all have different anointings. We all have different roles. But, and, and God makes those things clear to us as we go along. But the saints is a time right now uh, where they're going to be rising up. They are rising up and, and coming into a new um, understanding of what it means to walk in a supernatural lifestyle and a prophetic lifestyle. Everybody can prophesy. Um, 2 Corinthians... 31 verse 33 says that all may prophesy. We have, uh, you have been given everything that you need to, um, to use the gifts that God has given you. And it's just about discovering them and practicing them and, and um, practicing with each other. Number five, all things work together for good. Our value is knowing God's ways are higher than ours. He's the king of glory. He is the sovereign God. He is the creator of the universe. Even in our trials, it is said, adversity introduces a man to himself. So look at the times where there's been a crisis in your life. I'll say that again. It's said that adversity hardship introduces a man to himself 
when we're coming into something that's a difficult situation, when we're coming into hard, um, hard times or, or being challenged by something, we actually get to see where we're at. And my little um, episode with the Tali staff lady certainly showed me where my level of love lay. <laughs> it was shocker. It was a shocker. So um, all things worked together for good. The good thing that came out of that was that I was able to see where I was at, repent, forgive, and ask God to change me. And, and, and I believe that he's done that because uh, restoration has come from that. And, um, you know, while she's not my best friend, and I don't see her all that often anymore. There's no animosity. There's no, um, everything's, everything's been restored. So um, we can trust God. We can trust God to work out the things, even when we're, we're not feeling, we're not feeling it. It's not, uh, you know, we're not feeling good about where our life is at or the, the crisis that we're in right now. God's working all things together for our good, according to his plan and purpose for our lives, and according to those who love him. And you guys, he loves you. He loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants you to go to the next level of his relationship with you. And so he will, bring, he will allow crises in our lives so that we can come up higher, come up here and see the view, come up and see from my perspective. This is my value. It's time to go. Number six, and this is the last one. Woo Love in action. Community is the family of God. God. Our family is a community. And, you know, in community, we get to do life with each other. And so our value is, is that we value family. God is a family in three persons. They all get along together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have never had a fight. If they have, we don't know about it. <laughs> so there's no favourites. That's what I love about God. We're all his favourites. There's, there's no special favourite except Jesus. I think he's a bit of a favourite, don't you? And Holy Spirit, actually, right now. Yeah. And so everything has something to contribute. Everybody has something to bring to the table. Like I said before, we all have different roles, there's different things, and it's the joy of community is finding out where we fit in that. And so it's great to have, um, that's why Christianity is so good, because it, it gathers in clumps. And yes, we have denominations, but I feel that we're coming into a time where those boundaries are going to shift, and, and there's not going to be, they're going to blur, because I don't believe God um, is, is making a patchwork bride it's a seamless bride it's a bride with a flowing um, flowing gown it's not it's not patchwork full of seams and boundaries and things but we're in we're in clumps because we're in community and we're learning to work out our salvation and and everything um, until Jesus returns so that's a good thing so I'll just end with this in Romans 12 too, to move into our core values. 
Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. When we're functioning in our kingdom core values, and they're just a few, there's many more that we could, you know, homework, go and find out, okay, God, what else is there? What, what else, what other things is a kingdom core value that I can lay hold of and I can meditate on? So let me just pray as we, as we end that. Father, I just thank you that you're a God who is so sovereign and that you love each one of us. You love us so much that you died for us, that you consider us all valuable and that your ways are higher than our ways. Father, I just pray that every, every woman in this room will lay hold of the perspective that they need to see from, which is your kingdom perspective. Father, that, that it would not just be a head knowledge that we have, but that we can truly operate in your kingdom core values that will, um, as we demonstrate your kingdom in the earth. Lord, as we walk in our identity as beloved, as, as friends, as kings and priests, Father, I pray that each person would have a greater knowledge that it would just overflow in them more and more in these coming weeks and days what it means to operate as one who is seated in heavenly places with you. So Lord, we just commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Done. How's that? I think we go in.